0: What is up, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy. Excited to be with you again on another fun podcast episode. I uh, today In today's episode, we're actually going to be covering if travel is required for success for engineering. So I'm going to bring Mark on. We're going to talk all about it. Uh, but before we do that, I want to talk about some resources and some good stuff to help you out on your exams. One of them is Built Bar. If you haven't checked out these guys, you definitely need to. And go use our affiliate link at civilengineeringacademy.com/built. Uh, this thing tastes just like a candy bar. I've I've used them; they're they're awesome. One of my favorites, the coconut one. If you're a fan of coconut, you're gonna love them. If you're not a fan, they got other options. So, they got 130 calories. They've got two and a half grams of fat, four grams of carbs, four grams of sugar, six grams of fiber, 17 grams of protein. You're going to love it. Go compare that to the rest of the bars that are out there, even candy bars, and uh, you'll be happy you do. So go check that out. civilengineeringacademycom slash built. Uh, use our code CIVAC and you'll save 10 percent off your order. Um, the other resource is that we have our newsletter. If you're not a part of our newsletter, you definitely want to be. Uh, we send out all our updates. We send out um, news related to civil engineering. Uh talk about our resources our free practice problems that come out go to ceanewsletter.com go check that out as well so those are the resources for you if you're preparing for your exams you definitely want all those so anyway let's bring mark on so we can talk about travel and if it's required for success mark what's going on hey isaac you keep inviting me back yeah i know I... this is part of the gig man yeah it's fun <laughs> we always have a good time so I did a little intro there. Um, so today we're going to talk about travel and if it's required for success or not. You've done quite a bit of travel. I've done travel for various positions that I've held, whether it was local travel, or travel to other states. Um, so I guess let's just start by answering that big question. Do you think travel is required to be successful as a civil engineer? Well, I would, uh, I would
1: say that, yes, it is required, but there's, uh, it depends. <laughs> there's always a, a caveat, right? Mm-hmm. I think it depends a lot on the type of organization that you work for. If you work for um, maybe more of a national uh, organization that's got locations all over the nation, uh could be internationally you may have you know locations outside of the country too, but um if you're working with individuals that aren't you know within uh, your your office and uh you have to interface with those individuals, including uh management people that may be your superiors that may um you may report to directly. Um, i think travel is required so that you can have some face to face time with those individuals and get to know them uh more personally you know it's not uh just you know we're we're kind of in an age of uh, zoom meetings now um you know given the the covid that's we're we're still kind of getting through um and so those kind of things are are i think more acceptable but they still don't take the place of personal interaction. Yep. Um, and so to get the full, I'll say all the facets of personal um, interaction that you need to have with other individuals in your company, especially if it's kind of a nationally based firm, you you, you
0: got to travel some. It's just part of the deal, I think. I think it's funny you bring that up because COVID has definitely changed some of the thoughts on how we communicate with each other and I can tell you when I go out into the field sometimes uh that it is not the best way for people to communicate. Uh so in a recent trip that I made there was some issues that were happening out on the job site and the construction crew and um the owner's rep, you know, they had some issues but it was hard to really get everybody in the same room to talk about it. And that rarely happened because of basically because of COVID rules um, that were established a while ago. So everyone's used to email, Zoom calls, a phone call, things of that nature. And no one ever set up a regular like face-to-face to to really talk about stuff. And I think that really did some damage, uh, at least to the communication piece. It's funny because we have all these tools to communicate, but there is something uh there's some intangibles that go with like a face-to-face yes communication meeting versus yes. something on a screen and yeah. that, that's kind of hard to s- describe but
1: yeah uh, when when you can actually look into somebody's eyes and and see how they hold themselves and their mannerisms and it, you get i don't know there's there's an extra dimension there of that you know interpersonal interaction, right? That uh, you just don't get on Zoom, um, you just can't.
0: I totally agree. Um, so anyway, I thought that was an interesting thing, and that you know, that's something that I wouldn't have witnessed unless I traveled somewhere to see this stuff. Yeah, so most people that do travel, um, you know, there's a certain level of uncertainty that's happening. Um, you're going to a place maybe you might be unfamiliar with, um, and it does make people uncomfortable
1: it's it's a time to get a little anxious is what it is Isaac. yes you think about the logistics of just you got to get up you know you got to pack for the occasion right usually it's staying over maybe a few days sometimes it's just one day you know, overnighter but you're trying to pack you're trying to remember everything that you got to bring with you and then and then just the logistics of getting to the airport, getting through the airport, right? <laughs> yep. Getting through security, getting groped, you know, getting yeah, <laughs> getting groped, right?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sometimes they get uh, pretty personal with the uh, security check. Uh, so just getting through all of that, and then once you get to your destination, you know, navigating your way to wherever you're going, you know, it might be. You know, an, a, an office for me, it was always uh, another job site, which um, could be in a, a dense urban environment, you know, maybe downtown Chicago or something um, where, you know, I don't I don't I'm not from Chicago. I don't know the area very well. And, right. Right. and so there was there was a little bit of anxiety that goes along with that, you know, just getting to the location.
0: So I thought it would be fun to talk about maybe some of the benefits first, and maybe we could talk about some of the downsides of too much travel. And I know love people do love traveling uh, that are out there and they want to do it frequently and often, which is, is totally fine. Yeah. Um, Everyone's kind of in a different spot. And so uh, I do think it is required though, as a civil engineer, you're going to be asked to go check out a job site or go look at stuff. And it does depend on, you know, the company and the circumstances you are working in. But for the most part, if you're designing something, oftentimes you might be asked to go check out that design or make sure things are going well. So, uh, what are, what's a a benefit you can think of of, um, travel?
1: Well, there's those interpersonal, um, relationships that you build. That's, that's definitely a benefit. And I think it, um, I don't know. It shows that you're willing to go the extra mile. Um, you're willing to, I don't know, put yourself out there. If you're part of a team, and you're willing to go and meet with that team uh, personally, face to face, it's it's a really good kind of a team building um, experience um, to uh, to do that. It's just, I don't know. It just it just I think it sends the message to your employer, to your manager that you're kind of you're willing to do what it takes to to be successful, to to jump in, you know, fee first and or you know, all in, man. You're you're gonna make this thing work and you're a team player and no matter what it takes, you're gonna you're gonna try to understand all the the people that you're involved with. You're gonna try to understand all of the obstacles that you're up against. And you're just, you're willing to go that extra mile is, is one of the big benefits.
0: I know Um, for sure it builds relationships there. I've had positions and jobs where, you know, you've designed, or maybe you're, for me, uh, representing the owner of a, of a job and you go out there, you don't know who's out there exactly. You know, someone's constructing it, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, there's probably an owner that's overseeing it and how, but you're not quite sure how all that fits together in one big puzzle piece so you go out there and you start developing relationships you find out you know who they who they hired maybe they've hired a subcontractor to really run the thing as a supervisor uh, supervising the whole thing you get to know the boots on the ground for construction yeah Uh, maybe there's an inspector that you you can tag along with so you gain an appreciation kind of for everything don't you Oh yeah. So not only do you build relationships, but I think it also develops uh, a new perspective. Sometimes we get very myopic. We see one thing, we see engineering the whole time. We Mm -hmm. don't see how these guys build stuff or the issues they face when they're out there. That's so when you go out there, it's like, Oh man.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you said that. That's, that's definitely a benefit. And I think, I think to be a good engineer, especially a good design engineer, you have to get out in the field um, and that requires some travel. (laughs) You have to get out in the field and see how your design is affecting those that are actually building what you design. Um, You know, a lot of engineers don't realize the constructability facet of their design and how it affects. Uh, the guys that are actually trying to put things together, you know, everything Mm -hmm. fitting together is anticipated. And so to really get a a good appreciation for how your design is affecting the guys swinging the hammers and, you know, hoisting the the rebar and placing the concrete, whatever else they're doing, you know, erecting the steel. um, You, you really, you can't fully gain appreciation for that unless you travel and, you know, the job site and talk to the guys and, hey, what worked and what didn't work? And then, you know, make those changes and, and um,
0: you know, it, it, it affects how you design. I think it also, I mean, that, not only is that like um part of the job, but I think that helps refine you as an engineer. It makes you a better engineer. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, you become a more seasoned engineer as you get out there and you see this stuff because, you know, the next time you design the thing, you're like, that didn't work. That did work. This, the crews are going to hate yeah. you if you do it that way, in fact, some of those things that you're talking
1: about the things that work and that don't work are actually based on the region that your project is in. you know mm. you may have certain materials that are available in one region but where you're doing some design, but maybe they're not in a, in another region, and so you have to account for those things and you don't really get a full understanding unless you're out and about and traveling to uh And talking to the people, putting things together and and actually spending some time in those regions that you're designing in.
0: Yep. So I also think your communication skills are probably a big one that might uh, take an uptick. Um, Sometimes you're required to voice your opinion about something or an issue. I had a friend that likened going to a site visit, almost like going to war. Like you got to suit up, you got to get ready, you know, you might, you know. Kick some dirt up you know you got to go inspect stuff and if something doesn't line up or it doesn't look right you've kind of you got to make that observation and that yeah well
1: sometime, it so. might be going to war if you're if you have an adversarial relationship with the guys that are that's you that building your stuff you know and so you you'd want to in your travel and in your job site visits you'd want to you'd want to create those
0: those relationships um so that 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 wasn't the case so it wasn't like going to war <laughs> well and sometimes and you know this sometimes a, a construction guy will butt heads with an engineer and it might be because they had some bad relationship with a previous person in yeah. the past but the the better you can communicate and just get along with the people that are doing you know doing the work moving it yeah. forward and superintendents are smart man if you if you like as an
1: engineer, if you explain the reason behind the way you design something, if he can see the reason why, um, you know, he's 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 a lot more understanding why he's gotta take, you know, a burke bar and try to pry something into place and get it to fit because it has to be there, you know. Mm. Um and and obviously I deal with a lot of uh trying to fit rebar into into tight spaces. We had a, a, I'm on a job right now where we've got these these core walls that are part of the lateral system on this uh, resort building that we're building and the spacing on the rebar is just so tight <clears throat> um, and the confinement steel in these shear walls is just is just, it's crazy. And so my superintendent's looking at that going, oh my gosh, how am I going to, you know, put concrete in this wall. What do you doing to me? So, The rebar is so dense, I can't even do this. And so, you know, the engineer record, the structural engineer will come out and, um, you know, he, uh, my superintendent's complaining, but once he understands the seismic requirements and the reason we have to have confinement steel and in a shear wall or a boundary element is so when the building starts shaking that concrete in the core of that that shear wall or the that boundary element uh, stays in place because if the concrete breaks out of there, then the wall is then, you know, no good and the building well, tends to fall down. And so, you know, once they, they see that and they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Then, then they can kind of deal with it, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's because the, uh, the engineer uh, of record, the structural engineer of record is willing to travel to the job site, and develop that that relationship with us and my superintendent that some of those
0: issues get worked out so nice well so i mean the benefits of travel obviously i think outweigh any downside to travel but there are definitely some downsides to traveling um you know most people are gonna have to go through an airport and Airports just generally stink. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> unless you love people watching or whatever,
1: sometimes yeah. that, that sucks.
0: And there are some airports that just generally suck. <laughs> so, well,
1: uh, yeah, I've been in a lot of airports <laughs> in my career and I can name some that just they always stink. I don't know why. Your
0: flight will be canceled.
1: Your okay. flight will get delayed. Your flight will be canceled. Yeah. <sighs> there's certain airports that I, I really try to avoid, especially when I'm flying cross country. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're just,
0: airports can be tough. Yeah. You know, there, people have some uncomfortable, you know, some people, like I said earlier, love to travel, some don't. And, you know, even flying, I was flying home one time and I thought, you know, there's a guy that was pretty big. I thought he was fine flying, but as soon as we hit some turbulent air, I've never seen somebody seize up and grab a seat in front of them before. (laughs) And it was like, Oh crap. You know,
1: (laughs) that reminds me, I had an experience flying into star Valley. We were doing a job in uh, Jackson, Wyoming. And Oh man, star Valley gets some nasty crosswinds and, Back then, I was flying into uh, Star Valley from Salt Lake City on those uh, one of those little Brasilia 120-type turboprop planes, and it was a wild ride. It was a wild ride.
0: A <laughs> roller coaster?
1: Oh, I, I've never been on a... a yeah, the roller coasters are, are tamer than what we went through that day, but man, the pilot got us through it and got us on the ground, but... I was white knuckled all the way down. <laughs> I will be. It was a scary experience, but there was a lot of people in the plane with me. Yeah. That were just like that. They were just white, you
0: know, <laughs> thinking, oh, oh man, we're going oh. down. Yeah. that. I mean, that can suck. Um, <laughs> another part I think of traveling so much is like when you first hear you're going to travel and that you might get to eat out a lot. Sometimes that might be exciting, but after the, third fourth fifth day out there and you're eating out for every oh, meal yeah you might come home a few pounds heavier <laughs> <laughs> yeah how do you deal with that isaac how do you how do you deal with that
1: oh yeah, man same
0: problem use that I mean, gym at the hotel
1: yeah and, and whenever i've traveled it's like your your itinerary is so booked solid it's just like i don't know it's just there there's time enough to get back at the hotel after you've had dinner and then you're basically going to bed Mm -hmm. then you wake up the next day and then your itinerary's completely full again there's not a lot of time to work out
0: you know yeah and sometimes you just want to go to bed anyway because you're just mentally exhausted yeah you're just kind of wiped out (laughs) but yeah it's tough to find time to do that um you know, you make the best of it. Try to make better, healthier decisions. <laughs> get up get. earlier or something. Get Don't your work out earlier for right? every meal or something. Yeah, you know, it's spread it out. There's a little bit of like, oh man, I'm getting a per diem or I'm getting, you know, reimbursed for every meal, whatever that reimbursement is. So people do feel obligated to eat all of those meals. Yeah. They just end up end up eating a lot. I, I know I was feeling it when I came back from, my tra- <laughs> uh,
1: so, so how much would you say is like
0: too much travel? Where, where do you draw mm-hmm. the line? It's a good question. I personally, I think it depends on your family life. You know, are you a single guy? Are you a single girl? Are you married? Do you have children? Do you not have children? Um, do you enjoy traveling a lot? Do you not enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, when I go on a travel trip, I have four kids, and my wife doesn't like that. <laughs> you can imagine why, right? I right. might like it; it gets
1: me away for the take a little. Well, break yeah, out. when I when I first started my career, I was commuting to St. Louis from Salt Lake City, and so I'd fly into St. Louis on Sunday nights, so I was there at the office Monday morning. And then no. I'd work all week and I'd fly home, you know, Friday afternoon, Friday nights. I did that for over a year. And, you know, my wife back then, my boys were pretty young. They were, you know, two, three years old. And uh, that got tough. You wow. Know? That got tough. Uh, I was glad when that little stint of my career ended because
0: uh, it was it was tough commuting that far. But. That's a, well, that's another thing to talk about too with travel is like some people, I, I know myself, I enjoy making Monday and Friday, like the travel days, like I'm billing the job, I'm going, I'm traveling Monday, Friday, but some companies want you to travel on Sunday. So you're there Monday morning and it probably depends on the job and the company and the culture you're with. But yeah, um those are things that you have to think about when you're yeah, traveling because there. it's it's actually encroaching a little bit on your personal
1: time, right? Yep. Yep. That also goes back to, you know, whether they view you as, you know, maybe this guy's more of a team player, he's willing to go that extra mile and he's willing to travel on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday night, you know, so he's there Monday morning, you know. Sometimes yep. those things are required, but
0: yeah, they can uh, I totally be agree with you. So a lot of stuff to consider. I do think travel is gonna help. Um, you know, especially as restrictions are going down and more and more companies are encouraging people to go travel or go look at stuff. Um, from what I have noticed. Uh, but I do think that to be successful, you will probably need to step up to the plate when travel time comes. Yes. And, you know, go go uh, up your game and level up your skills and go learn more about your job and the, the team you're working with and all of those things. So I think all those are good stuff. So. Yep. I and agree. Good, good points. Anything else you want to add to our travel discussion? Well, just, uh,
1: you know, we've kind of circled around here a little bit, but um, I think we've determined that it is required for success. And, um, it depends on, you know, of course the company you're working for and everything, but, um, just plan on doing it. And so the trick is just making the best of it. If you're somebody who enjoys travel, you enjoy the, the challenge of figuring out where you're going, you know, then good on you. But if you're like, I think most people, and it's a little bit of an anxious time where you're trying to, um, figure out where you're going and just the logistics of getting there. Um it can be a challenge. So look for those things that, that make it better. You know, I, I used to always, uh, you know, find little podcasts or something I like to listen to on the plane or,
0: you know, oh, maybe yeah. you,
1: you, you know, you get your, your favorite movies lined up on your, your mobile device, whatever it is, you know, there's ways to, to make travel, uh,
0: bearable or, you know, more, more enjoyable. Yep. I totally agree. So. Well, this has been a fun discussion. I think it's always a good point to talk about. Um, We've both taken a lot of work trips, so uh, it's good to hammer these out and talk about how travel affects civil engineers and what we do in this industry. So, Mark, thanks for jumping on. And um, if you guys need any more resources to help you pass your exams, go check out civilengineeringacademy.com. We've got FE courses, we've got PE courses, we've got lots of resources there, so... Go check it out. And if you found us on our YouTube channel, make sure you are subscribed and go subscribe to our newsletter. So you'll be the first one to hear about anything else we're producing. So good stuff. Anyway, thanks, Mark. You bet. See See ya. ya.